there's a title for this the title would be visions of war that's what I wanted to share this was the week it was just a few days before we left for Michigan and uh, I had a friend call me that's a prophetic friend she said she had a dream and I was in her dream and in the dream she saw that there was a threat of an invasion coming to America and uh, she said, because I was in her dream, I needed to make sure, check with the Lord, but to make sure you warn your church and to warn whatever people that you're responsible for. And I've been thinking about that. And do you know, one of the greatest judgments is going to come to those who are called to be watchmen. And the Bible says to the watchman, you know, if, if you see the sword coming, and you don't warn the people, their blood I'm going to require at your hands. And I was thinking, I wonder how many pastors, because you're a watchman over your congregation. If God has shown you, given you some revelation as to what is coming, and you remain silent, God's going to hold their blood at your hands. I don't know what that's going to look like. All I know is I don't want to be there. Now, the scripture said that out of out of the mouth are two or three witnesses, something's established, right? So you know I've heard many things, and you've heard many things. Some of them hadn't panned out. Thank God some of them hadn't panned out. How many of you know what I mean? You hear things, and, and uh, it's the mercies of God. Intervi- I, you know, I'm convinced that that hurricane was scheduled to crash right into Tampa and take out thousands and thousands of lives. That was a prophecy. But the believers in Tampa, Rodney's, Howard Brown's church, the students, they begin to pray. And they're convinced that they turned that storm. Now, it still did damage. And I remember someone asked Bob Jones that question. They said, now, if we pray and a storm doesn't come to our location but goes to another, isn't that a bad thing, Bob? And he said, well, no, they should have prayed. You prayed. They should have prayed. So I don't know, but I don't know. Those are some things we're going to have to ask the Lord. When we get there, God, how's all this working out? But my friend is not the only one that's seen prophetically visions of war. There are at least four examples, and I'm going to try to somehow bring all this together. Number one was, and you can find all this online. Look it up, Dimitri Dudeman. How many of you heard of him? Dimitri Dudeman, he was a, a Romanian. He was in a communist prison. And somehow, it was after, I guess, he was released. And the Lord spoke to him and said, go to America and warn them war is coming. He didn't want to go. He'd heard some good things and he'd heard some bad things. And he just soon, I mean, he just got out of prison. He was tortured at the hands of the communists. uh, But he went anyway. And he couldn't speak English. And so... You know, his son came with him, and I think reluctantly is the way he tells the story, but his son would interpret as Dimitri would go around warning America of what he saw was coming. And then there was a man by the name of Henry Groover. How many of you heard of him? You guys, some of you have. You can look all this up. But Henry Groover was the guy that he prayer walked 
in many, many places. And he had many testimonies of how he would prayer walk through a city and things, the atmosphere would change. And that was, he wrote a book about prayer walking. I remember reading the book and after reading the book, I was inspired. We started doing some prayer walking. And it's a good thing to do. You know, just, if you don't know what to do, just walk through your neighborhood. Just start praying. God, I pray for this house. I know there are druggies that live there, but I pray for the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And I pray you'll rescue them, God. I still do that because we have druggies live up the road. And, and I can tell they throw their, uh, their syringes in front of my yard. And I had to pick them up. And I pick them up and I say, God, now whoever threw this syringe? Lord, I pray, God... Let them have an invasion from heaven. Show them your love, God. Break that drug addiction in Jesus' name. You know, do things like that. God will honor that. But Henry Groover, if you read his visions, it was incredible. He saw, he saw that the American defenses had become weakened and they were of no effect. Missiles wouldn't even leave their silos. And we were sitting ducks. And if you read some of the news today, you'll see our military has been weakened beyond. And it's being continually weakened. And it's a direct, and then it's, it's on purpose. And then another man that you've, I know you've heard of, Kenneth Hagan. How many of you heard of Kenneth Hagan? Word of faith man. He had a powerful visitation of the Spirit. He fell out under the power of the Holy Spirit on September the 2nd, 1950. He said in this vision he was given a scroll. And he opened it up, he unfolded, and it read war and destruction. And then he saw in a vision skyscrapers that had been burned out and ruined. Then he looked at the scroll again, and he heard a voice. He said it was as if Jesus himself was speaking, reading the scroll. And he heard the voice say, America is receiving her last call. Some have already received theirs, and they will not receive another. And then he looked back at the scroll and he saw in large print, the time of the end of all things is at hand. Then the Lord reminded him that it would be in America just as it was in the days of Noah. Now that was in 1950. I wasn't even born. And so God has had a lot of grace, a lot of mercy. You know, it's his will that none should perish. So when I hear things like this, you know, you have to measure it out. Now, God, you're a God of mercy. And there are all many times he delayed judgment because it's his will that none should perish. And again, you can find all these things online. And then another one was a man by the name of A.A. A. Allen. How many of you heard of him? Powerful. You guys probably heard. He was a healing evangelist. Powerful anointing for healing. And he had a vision. He said in the vision, he saw the statue. Now, this was on July the 4th, 1954. It's before I was born, too. I mean, it's before you were born, 1954, July the 4th. But he had a vision. He saw in the vision, he saw the Statue of Liberty. And he saw a giant hand come out of heaven, grab the torch out of Lady Liberty's hand, and replace it with a cup. Put a cup in the statue of Lady Liberty's hand. And a voice told the Statue of Liberty to drink the cup. Referring to the judgments of God. You know, drink, remember the Lord said, Father, if it's possible, take this cup from me. Because he was about to go to the cross. And the statue spoke. That's what he said. It's shocking. The Statue of Liberty said, I will not drink this cup. 
But another voice said, yes, you will. And the giant hand forced her to drink every drop. And then all of this he saw, he said he saw a sword that he knew represented war. He saw Lady Liberty begin to stagger. She was about to fall, and he he knew that if she fell, she would never rise again. And then he saw a huge, and I'm just, I want to get this right. He said he saw a huge black cloud coming towards America, and it was covering certain cities. And I thought maybe I shouldn't mention those cities, but I remember some of them, and I know one of them was New Orleans. One of them was Chicago. One of them was Kansas City, St. Louis. He mentioned And I've heard others speak of New York and Washington, D.C. and other things. But he said he saw a cloud envelop these cities and he suddenly started hearing coughing where people, you know, they couldn't catch their breath. They started to cough. And he thought in his mind, now this was 1954. He thought, was this some kind of a, you know, biological chemical attack? But then after that, he saw rockets from the Atlantic and from the Pacific. He saw a huge ball of fire. I'm not going to read the scripture. You should read it later. But in Joel chapter 2, verses 1 through 10, he literally heard a voice reading, quoting that scripture. You can read it later. And then he said amidst, but this was the strange thing. This is the good part of the story. He said he heard the sound of singing. And he looked closer at this vision. And there was a group of people in the mountain singing. There was a group of people out in the, wherever they were, they were hidden in different places and they were singing and they were worshiping the Lord. And they had joy. And anyway, he knew what they were. They were the saints of God. And he said that this hand that he had seen come out of heaven was like a gigantic protection. And keeping the saints, he was covering them until the storms had passed by. Now, I want to show you some scriptures. Isaiah chapter 26. Isaiah 26, verse 1. Let me just read these scriptures. I'll try not to comment much on them, but just a few things. And then I'm going to show you what else will never fail. Okay, is that good? It's going to end good. Now, you guys already know, these are not normal times. You know the dollar. I mean, if any kind of war is at, right on the verge, it's an economic war. Our leader just made Saudi Arabia angry. If Saudi Arabia, if the dollar, be, if they cease the dollar becoming the petrodollar, do you know what's going to happen to the American dollar? That's why you need food... You know, we're going to have to, the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by, this is the time. You say you have faith. You remember what James said? Okay, you say you have faith. Show me your works. If you can't show me your works, then guess what he said about your faith? It's dead. I wonder if the Lord's going to, I wonder if he's a faith examiner. He might be. But anyway, look at this. Isaiah 26. Now, in that day, this song will be sung in the land of Judah. Now, that encourages me right there because when you know what it follows, wow, God, this begins with a song. That means 
maybe what A.A. Allen said, there's more to it. And then he said, we have a strong city. And God will appoint salvation for walls and bulwarks. Open the gates that the righteous nation, which keeps the truth, may enter in. And you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon you. Now, you know there's a nation within a nation, right? Most of the nation has rejected Almighty God. Most have they've taken their fists and they've said, we don't want anything to do with you, God. We will define who a man and a woman is. We'll define what marriage is. And we will decide whether we will murder our babies or not, not you. It's our choice. And we will make that choice. But there's a nation inside of a nation. You know, what about the godly? What about the people that are seeking the Lord? He said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things. There's a righteous remnant in this nation. So anyway, let's read on. He says, because he trusts in you, he's he's going to have peace. Trust in the Lord forever, for in Yahweh the Lord is everlasting strength. Now, verse 5. This is almost like a but. But, for he brings down those who dwell on high. In other words, the proud and the lofty, the lofty city. He will lay it low. He will lay it low to the ground. He'll bring it down to the dust. And the foot shall tread it down, the feet of the poor and the steps of the needy. The way of the just is uprightness, O most upright. You weigh the path of the just. Now watch this. Yes, in the way of your judgments, O Lord, we have waited for you. Verse 9. With my soul I have desired you in the night. Yes, by my spirit within me, I will seek you early. Now, this is a very important part of the scripture. It says, for when your judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. Yes. Now, watch this. You got to know this. You got to know this. Verse 10, let grace be shown to the wicked, yet he will not learn righteousness And in the land of uprightness, he will deal what? How? Unjustly. What does that mean? That means this. If God takes his hand of judgment off and he allows the wicked to have their way and and just says, okay, you have grace. You can have your way. What's going to happen to the land? They'll become more and more unjust. How many of you see that happening right now? Everything. I mean, you think they're going to stop? They, they just arrested one, what was he, Trump's campaign manager today? I know it's, only, it's a small sentence. You think they're going to stop there? You know who they are after, don't you? God and the anointed. Who's the anointed? It's you and me. And you read stories in Germany before the Nazis actually came to power, there were some tr- pastors trumpeting, rise up, speak the truth, stand, resist. But they were very few. Most of them joined in the party. And many of them paid the ultimate price. So let grace be shown to the wicked. He'll not learn righteousness. And in the land of uprightness, he will deal unjustly. And will not behold the majesty of the Lord. Lord, when your hand is lifted up, they will not see, but they will. Now, here's what happens. But they will see, and they will be ashamed. In verse 12, here's a word for you and me. Lord, 
in the midst of all this, you will establish peace for us. So there's a people that God will cover and show himself strong on their behalf. And then, but you can read, there's a whole lot more. Look in verse 20. This is interesting scripture. This is all in this context. Come, my people, enter your chambers, shut your doors behind you. Hide yourself, as it were, for a little moment until the indignation is past. For behold, the Lord will come out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. And the earth will also disclose her blood and will no more cover her slain. Now look in verse chapter 27. Let me show you who the real, who God's really coming after. Verse chapter 27. In that day, the Lord with his severe sword, great and strong, will punish who? Leviathan, the fleeing serpent. Leviathan, that twisted serpent. And he will slay the reptile that is in the midst of the sea. In other words, he's coming after. Listen, God's going after the rulers And the principalities. But look at the next verse, verse 2. And in that day, here's what the church will do. There will be a people that will sing to her a vineyard of red wine. I, the Lord, keep it. I will water it every moment, lest any hurt it. I will keep it night and day. Fury is not in me for you. In other words, for the people of God, they've not been appointed to wrath, but to obtain salvation. Say, I've not been appointed to wrath but to obtain salvation. And then he goes on and you can read and and God's going to be glorified. So there's one more thing that will never fail. Guess what that is? It's the kingdom of God. Now didn't he say that everything that can be shaken is going to be shaken? Except one thing. And that is, he said, you are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken. That's his rule. That's his government. Where's it, Isaiah? He says, of the increase of his peace and of his government, there shall be no end. So if you're part of the government of God, you're you're part of the only government that's going to be left standing when the smoke clears. And you're going to see his goodness. For those who trust in him, even in his severity, they're going to know his goodness. They're going to know that, yes, he's severe, But he's also good, and his mercies endure forever.